my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favouritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here or you sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? <coughs> Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. Now Matthew chapter 4, 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two <coughs> brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And now just over the next page to Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 to 31. <coughs> Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow will be thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Thank you for having me here today. I'm sure you've looked at those, heard those three readings and thought, What am I going to be talking about today? Um, so I've chosen a topic which is Come as you are. Uh, I chose the topic in the first place because uh, it felt really comfortable, it felt really warm, but it's probably a phrase that we often use that isn't actually biblical, but kind of sets a tone for how we want ourselves to be. So come as you are um, perhaps sets a tone, and it certainly sets a tone for me 
when people say that to me. So I thought it's a pretty good topic to start with. It made me feel positive. I thought about how comforting it is when our friends say to us, come to my house, come as you are. We're saying when we say that, you don't need to bring anything, you're just good enough, just as you are, don't worry about anything, just come. And I think that's important that we feel that comfort with each other. But as with any topic when I'm preparing to talk, I can be a little prone to overthink it. And without sounding too paranoid, there are some elements of come as you are that perhaps don't give me the comfort that I'm looking for. Because when you say come as you are, there's that sense that it is comfortable so I'm going to be accepted for just who I am. If I ask you what you expected of me today when, you ca- when I came here, you'd have some expectations perhaps about how I looked, perhaps about what my father has said to you about me beforehand. Um, <laughs> and if I told you about the topic, you'd perhaps have some preconceived ideas about what to expect. Now, I'm not questioning this per se, but I have to admit that coming into a strange environment doesn't always make me feel comfortable. I don't feel like I can just come as I am. So, thinking about the topic, getting more, pre- more pressured. So, I, as the pressure started to relieve... I started to think about something that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable on this topic. For those of you who know me, not many of you here, planning and organising always makes me feel comfortable. So when I think coming as you are, if I start to think about what I have to plan and what I have to bring, that puts me into a much more comfortable zone. Whenever I'm planning to go anywhere, there's two main things I think about. What do I have to prepare and what do I have to bring? What to bring, what to prepare. Let's start with the bring bit. The things I carry around with me on a daily basis, just in case, perhaps seem a little ridiculous at times. We stop for a moment and think about the things that we carry around every day, just in case we need them. All of you have come here perhaps with a few purposes, to worship, to spend time with God, maybe to catch up with friends and of course to hear me speak. So what did you bring along for that? Could we take a moment to look maybe at our handbags, in our pockets? What have you brought with you today? Now I don't want to embarrass anyone out there so I'll do the sharing. It's just my small bag. All I've done today is come here to speak to you. So I need lots of stuff. Obviously I need my water, even though some supply. And we have a notebook, a diary, tissues, because you can never have too many tissues, wipes, because you've seen all the children that I've got running around behind me, so I need those, Um, post-it notes, pen, or more pens and pencils, And of course, the thing that nobody can live without these days, your phone. Everybody brings their phone because what can we do in our lives without our phone? True? (laughs) But what did I truly need to bring today? What did I really need to bring to speak to you today? 
<laughs> Thanks, honey. But what would, I, what would have happened if I had come just as I am? What could I have done without? <laughs> There's many things that we can do without, but do we feel like we can? And I don't mean things like oxygen and food and love. I mean the things that we have, and I'm not talking about possessions like our TVs or our homes, but I mean the things that we need to have nearby to just give us that sense of comfort, that sense of security, that sense that we don't feel exposed or we don't feel vulnerable. That's the sorts of things that I'm talking about having to have and they're perhaps not in my handbag. Until recently, I taught at a men's prison a couple of days a month. And when I'd go to that prison, it was really interesting because the thing about going into a prison is you can't take stuff. And the worst thing you can't take is technology. You can't take your phone with you. And so what it meant when I went into the classroom is I didn't have overhead projectors and I didn't have all the technology that I'd learnt to rely on in a teaching environment. But guess what? Without it, it changed the way I taught. It changed the way I interacted with people. It changed the way I communicated. It changed my sense of security, potentially in an environment that was less secure than most. The changes, it changes everything when you think about the things that you need to feel secure. What do you need to bring to make you feel comfortable? I want to talk about preparation for a minute. And again, just going to get a little bit personal. How much time do you get, take to get ready for any given situation or activity? Let's think about me for a minute, just so we're clear. Getting ready never takes me a minute. My husband will attest to that. But let's just think about a normal day for me. I'm heading to work. One of my jobs is as a chaplain at a primary school, so I spend a large amount of time inside, but I do spend time outside. Sometimes I have to do things like gymnastics and sport. So, of course, I have to worry about whether I'm going to have my shoes on all day or not. Are my toenails painted if I have to take my shoes off? Are my socks matching? Do they coordinate? You know, these are big, big things. My biggest dilemma on any given day is what to wear. But deciding on what to wear is only part of getting ready. Of course, this doesn't just happen naturally. I have a usual makeup routine, my hair. Um, the makeup routine was reinforced when I was quite young. A little bit of powder, mascara hasn't changed much. But one thing that I was never allowed to go out in public without after a certain age was lipstick. <laughs> and who reinforced that message? My father. <laughs> That's right. And it's stuck to this very day. <laughs> so the question I ask myself on a regular basis is why does it take me so long to get ready? Why does even all the time I spend getting ready still leave me somewhat unprepared for what's ahead? So getting ready for work is something I know about, something I know what to expect. I know the people at work. So the pr pressure I put on myself going to work each day is a little bit different to the pressure potentially I put on myself for today. 
getting ready for this may have many of the same elements, the consideration of clothing and makeup and hair, but the factor that throws me the most in coming into an environment like this today is you, the unknown, my audience, potentially my judge and my jury. Now, I don't want to sound too paranoid, but I worry about what you're going to think of me, especially if I come here just as I am, to share, to speak, to tell you what I think and feel. As I said, you're going to have expectations. And the worst thing is that each individual person here are going to have their own expectations. We're all different and we all come from different homes and experiences and lives. That's a lot to think about. Come as you are. What does that mean for you? What does it make you think about? Do you feel like you need to do anything before you come as you are? Is there anything you need to change? Like me, it might make you think about how you might not be quite right for the job, where you might be lacking. If I were to invite you to my home for an activity or an event and I wanted to imply that it was casual, I'd say, come as you are, don't bring anything, just yourself, just as you are. And I'm saying this because I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to come and enjoy a time where you don't have to worry about anything. I've got it. You know, I'm saying come and relax and enjoy and be part of my home and my hospitality. Now, when someone says that to me, it throws me into a bit of a fit of worry and concern. Telling me I don't need to bring anything. Now, if any of us were raised properly, we know we can't just go to somebody's house empty-handed. So, what should I bring? Now, for some of us, bringing things is easy. For some of them, it, for some of us, it's not. But part of what makes something comfortable or not is the relationship that you have with the person that you're going to see. How close are you to that person? When we have a close relationship with somebody and they say, come as you are, it's a little easier, isn't it? Because the expectations fade away. We feel like we know what to expect of that person. When a close friend says, come as you are, don't bring anything, it doesn't throw me into a fit of worry. What are, your, what are the relationships that you have in life? Who are the relationships you have in your life where you don't worry when somebody says, just come as you are? Do each of you have that one person in your life where you feel that level of comfort? Now, you might be surprised to know I'm heading into thinking about our relationship with God. When God says, come as you are, how does that make you feel? Is it comfortable or does it make you feel pressure? If we think about come as you are in relationship to God, it implies there is nothing we need to do to get ready for God. Remember in that uh, verse in, in Matthew, Jesus called his disciples. Now, he didn't say, hey, James, 
just grab your bag, make sure you've got all your stuff, don't forget your phone, make sure you've got a change of socks, your toenails are painted and come with me. He said, drop it and just come. And James, who potentially, or any of the disciples, who potentially didn't have a relationship with Jesus as such, he just knew about him, knew that it was a safe and comfortable thing to do that he could just leave. Zebedee left his father, didn't go back, say, catch you later, they just left. That's the kind of comfort that we want to have when somebody says, come as you are. He really does say to us, Jesus really does say to us, come as you are. So what do you feel like in your church? Sorry, what do you feel like your church says to people when it comes to come as you are? Do we say that to the people that work in, walk in our door? Church is a place where we come together and spend time with each other, which we call fellowship, and spend time with God, which we, which we call worship. But what James said in those verses that Judy read today was that we need to make sure that we don't show favour to one person or another because potentially they don't fit our expectations or the expectations of our world. The only favour that God wants us to show to one another is his favour. That's the best kind of favouritism we can show is God's favour to one another. I said earlier my comfort level of going to someone's house and being relaxed is about the relationship. It determines how I get ready, how I prepare. It determines how I feel about what's going to come next. What's the message in your church, in my church, in the church as a whole? Is it giving people the impression that they need to prepare in a way that makes them comfortable or is just walking in the door preparation enough? How much does my relationship with God determine how much I feel comfortable in his house? Let's think about the different ways that we prepare to spend time with God and what we do to get ready and potentially what we might bring. I believe God does not ask us or need us to bring anything, to do anything. But do you feel you need to bring something to prepare How much time do you take to get ready for God? How much time did you take to get ready for today? What did you do? What did you bring? If you already have a relationship with God, potentially you spend time with God in prayer. So what about prayer? Some of us would describe a good prayer life as spending time regularly speaking to God. Whatever that actually means, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how we ready ourselves for prayer. Have a think for a moment. What about reading the Bible? Some of us might have what's commonly known as a quiet time or just have a dedicated time to read the Bible and spend time with God. When you think about how long it takes for you to get ready for either prayer or reading the Bible, how much time is that? What does it look like? Is there any prep time at all? 
If I think about how much time it takes me to get ready for work, to go out with friends, for a coffee or dinner, the preparation time is significantly different. When I think about my prayer time, more often than not, I find myself praying as I fall asleep or as I wake up. When I'm driving or just when I think about it, when something comes to my mind that I feel I need to share with God, I just speak it out. I don't do something in advance of speaking it out. I just speak it out. There's no prep time at all. When it comes to reading the Bible, sometimes all I have to do is open the app on my trusty phone. I guess the most prep time I do in terms of reading the Bible is preparing for something like today or the home group that we have in our home each week. But while reading the Bible and spending time in prayer are both ways we can build our relationship with God, they're not the way we start our relationship with God. They're not how we walk in and meet God for the first time. But it, it is our relationship with God that helps us to forget the need for preparation. Our comfort level with God, our relationship with God means we can trust him, we can feel safe with him and most importantly, we can be so assured that he accepts us. No preparation at all, hands open and empty. He wants us to prepare, what he wants us to prepare and what he wants us to bring is nothing, absolutely nothing. C.S. Lewis said, God doesn't want something from us. He simply wants us. Simply wants us. Simply. I believe that to be 100% true. God does not need us to do anything to come to him. It's simply a choice that we need to make. God's saying, I don't need my handbag or anything that's in it, the tissues, the money, the pens, the phone. I do not need anything to come to him. In fact, sorry, when Jesus said to the disciples, leave all your stuff, that was the example. Don't bring anything. Don't worry, I've got you covered. Remember the verse also in Matthew. Jesus said, if I've got the lilies of the field covered, if the birds are all under control and I love you the most, what do you need to bring? What do you need to prepare? Just come to me and I'll give you everything that you need. The things we find comfort in, my handbag, my home, my relationships, they're not eternal. They're not bad. They're not things without merit, but they're not eternal. God's eternal and he asks us to come. God says, Come as you are, not as someone else, but as you. And why is it so important that he wants you to come as you? Because God created you, each of us individually. He created each of us with a purpose and a plan just for us. He wants you to be the person he created you to be. He wants you to come as you are, come as he created you. So how can we help each other to find the comfort in who we are in God? How can we welcome people into our church, into this kingdom, so that they can feel at home and safe, so that their vulnerabilities are not exposed but comforted, 
so that they feel secure in where they are. We can help by seeing each other as God sees us. To come as you are, you need to know who you are. Who are you? Who are each of us? Who do you see you are? Do you see who you are through God's eyes? Or do you see who you are through the eyes of others? The preparation I take on a daily basis often reflects the fact that I see myself through others' eyes because God's happy with just who I am. You are valuable and you are special. You are important and you are a worthy child of God. You are, we are, fearfully and wonderfully made. We need to know that we are precious children of God, each and every one of us, and we are loved for who we are created to be. If we know this, we can pretty much handle anything. We can handle everything. But most importantly, I think come as you are to God is something that he wants us to think about in everything that we do. Come as you are with what you desire. Come as you are with what hurts you. Come as you are with your heart open and be who you are with God in the safety of that relationship and show the safety of that relationship with God in the relationships that you have with others. This is who he wants. He loves us already, each of us. He loves each of us and he already knows who we are. He wants you to come to him. He asks for nothing when you come. But while you come as you are and you'll be valued for all that you are, you'll never be the same again. What do you need to bring to God? Nothing. What does he want us to have ready for him? Just us, just you. Some think that he says, come as you are and stay as you are. And we think that we need to do a lot of work to change to be who God wants us to be. But God is asking us to come as you are so that he can get to know us. He asks us to come as you are so he can give us something. And he asks us to come as you are because there's nothing that we can do to change us but because he knows once you've come, you'll never be the same again and he'll be able to change everything that you need.